0: In 2016, we launched a church in the city of Asheville with a big dream in mind. We wanted to see people gather around Jesus and around one another. And we believed that we were called here at exactly the right time, at exactly the right moment to see God do great things. And we have seen God do great things. Things in this city. We've seen lives changed, but it's only just been the beginning. I don't believe we were just called here for the moment in time that we started this church in. In the last two years we've seen the world change a lot and in fact we have seen it kind of fall apart around us. There has never been a greater need for a church just like ours here in Asheville and that is why as we go forward and as we look to the future we're gonna get better than we ever have been before at the things we came here to do like building real lasting community. We believe that in the coming days, in the coming weeks, months, years at The Gathering Church, people will be able to build lifelong, lasting relationships that help them find freedom and live the life they were created to live. We believe that here in this place, we're going to increase our ability to worship, and and we're going to draw people into the presence of God the way they were made to be more than ever before. We believe that in this upcoming year as we look ahead to where we're going, we're going to see people grow more spiritually. We want to see less and less people in the shallow end of the pool and more and more people in the deep end of the pool and we are going to continue to do what we've been doing from day one and that is sharing the gospel and seeing its message spread across hearts all over our city. We have only just begun And ahead of us is the incredible future that God has planned. When I think about the next six years at The Gathering Church, I am so excited for what God is going to do. Come on, somebody. We're six years old. We did it. First graders at the church. Yes, Jesus, man. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor, and it is an honor and a privilege to have you with us at the Gathering Church today on our six-year anniversary as a church. Six years ago, in 2013, Rail and I were praying over our future, and we felt like God was leading us to start a church. 2013 because the world's in desperate need of life-giving churches. We felt called to start a church where people could belong no matter who they are, where every single person was able to feel seen, to feel wanted and welcome in a place. We wanted to create a place for people who didn't fit in to find a seat. We wanted to find the folks who felt cast aside and forgotten about and remind them that they were never forgotten and that there has always been a place for them at the table. We wanted to create a church for people who didn't fit into church all their lives to sit next to people who have been in church for all their lives. We wanted to create a place like that. Once, I felt completely alone, and it was the gospel of Jesus and the purpose I found within his church that gave me hope and purpose. And so we set out to start a church for everyone who was just like I once was. And that vision resonated with people. We moved here with more than 20 adults and 19 kids already committed to the vision. We were at a one-to-one ratio, adults and kids, when we started this church. We have 50 adults and 46 kids when we started this church, you guys. We were, half of our ministry was these children's we were after. It was a lot of kids. And in 2016, we launched at Rainbow Community School in West Asheville, uh, and, and it, a lot has happened since that day, but we are still pursuing the same vision. It's our mission here to gather people around Jesus and around one another. And the vision for how we do that is simple. We want to see people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. It's the vision we see in the Bible from start start. To finish, one of my favorite passages that brings it to is Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We want people to know God in this place. We believe that at church it should be obvious to you that no matter who you are or where you've come from or what you've done, God wants to know you and he wants to be known by you. Today, he wants you to know him. We pray that God would put a spirit of wisdom and revelation on your heart that you wouldn't feel guilt and shame keeping you from him anymore, that you wouldn't feel checklists keeping you from him anymore, but that you would be able to come into this This space and enter into a relationship with Him right here, right now, because all the work to prepare that relationship has already been done for you. We want you to know God in this place, and beyond that, we want you to find freedom because you were not created to live in chains. It says, "In order that you may know the hope that that the I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you can have the blinders removed, that the scales would fall off of your eyes, that all the sin and shame and guilt that has kept you from God would be removed from you so that you could see the hope to which he has called you. So many of us come into a relationship with God with so much baggage preventing us from entering deeper into that relationship, from feeling the depth of his love for us, from understanding the purpose and the hope and the joy that he had for us. So many of us enter into a relationship with God with too many things weighing us down and keeping us From moving forward, we want you to find freedom in this place. We believe this is a church where it's okay to not be okay, where you don't have to be perfect in this place. You don't have to have it all figured out in this place, and you don't have to hide your shame. You don't have to hide your sin. You don't have to hide your guilt, because here at the gathering, our vision, our goal is to help you find freedom from it, and you can't find freedom from what is hidden. And so vulnerability is our strength. And we believe that when we're vulnerable and we make it known, we can find the freedom that God has created you to live in in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you because we want you to discover your purpose. He's called you to a hope that is bigger than anything you've dreamed up for yourself. He's got a purpose in mind for you, a calling in mind for you, a future in mind for you that is beyond anything you've ever dreamed or imagined on your own. He wants to see you do great things in this life on his behalf. He created you as an agent for him to go forward into your community, into this city, and exact change in this place. You have greater purpose than you are aware of, and it is our goal as a church to help you discover exactly what that is. We want you to find freedom so that you can discover your purpose, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. We want you to make a difference in this city because we believe you were created to make a difference in this city and we believe that the power of the local church what we can do together is make a difference in this city. It is our sixth birthday I came here to preach today. Let me tell you a little bit about who we are as a church. Our our core values at the gathering church is number 1 is that Jesus is our message. Jesus is our message. We believe the church is built on Jesus, by Jesus, for Jesus. Therefore, the focus of the church needs to be on Jesus. He is the focus of every message we preach, every song we sing, and the prayers that we pray. We focus on Jesus because we believe that if people see Jesus for who he is, then they will be captured by his kindness and grace and compelled to devote their lives to knowing and following him. Our methods will change. Methods Come and go. But our message always remains the same. Jesus is our message at the gathering. And people are our priority. At the gathering church, people are our priority. We are all about people. We believe People matter to God, and so they should matter to us. People are our greatest assets. We value people. We celebrate people. We invest in people. We care for people. We love all people, no matter who you are. People are not projects. They are precious to God, and they are precious to us. We are a reaching church and an inviting church and a welcoming church because people are our priority and family is our culture. Jesus said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We believe going to church should feel like coming home. It's a family built on love, a place where you belong no matter who you are or what you've done. It's a place to be yourself, to to finally let your guard down We aren't a family that's closed off to outsiders either. Just like a healthy family constantly is growing, so is ours. We are a family that is always standing with arms open to welcome another. Family is our culture and humility is our posture. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We always take the posture of humility as a church. We never enter into a conversation with the attitude that I'm better than you and you better listen to me. We never enter into a conversation with the attitude that I'm right, you're wrong, listen up. We enter with a posture of humility. We ask questions. We admit we don't know everything. We are quick to admit when we are wrong. We think of others before we think of ourselves because. Humility is our posture and vulnerability is our strength. At the Gathering Church, it's okay to take your mask off, the mask you've been wearing since a long time before COVID-19. It's okay to not be okay in this space. It's okay to admit what you've done or how you're feeling. James five sixteen says, Confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. Healing, healing comes from a place of vulnerability, not just from admitting our mistakes, but also from admitting our fears, our guilt, our insecurities, even our doubts. The only way that we can be known, truly known by someone in the way that we crave is to let people know who we really are. So there is no room for fake here. There is no room for gossip here. We are vulnerable at this church. You're only as strong as you are honest. Vulnerability doesn't make us weaker. It is our strength, and initiative is our obligation. We believe initiative at the gathering is our obligation. We cannot wait for somebody else to take responsibility for our spiritual growth. We cannot wait for somebody else to solve the problem that we see and notice. We cannot wait for somebody else to come up with a better solution. We cannot wait for somebody else to initiate a a relationship, a friendship with us. We cannot wait for somebody else to make us find freedom. We cannot wait for somebody else to show us our purpose. We have to take the initiative. Initiative isn't just important, it's an obligation. Too much is on the line for us to stand by and wait for somebody else. Initiative is our obligation, and joy is our choice. Joy is our choice. Philippians 4, four says, Always be full of the joy in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. We believe that joy is a choice to honor God no matter what our circumstances may be. We believe that we have to take ownership of our attitude and choose to lead our emotions rather than letting our emotions lead us. It's not about putting on a fake smile. It's about choosing to focus on the goodness of God, the joy of his salvation and his grace in our lives. We believe that our attitude and spirit can affect the mood of a room or the culture of a team. And so we choose to be a breath of fresh air rather than suck the life out of a room. We believe that life and ministry should be enjoyed, not endured. We believe that one of the most attractive qualities of any individual, any church, any team, is joy, and a spirit of joy. And so at The Gathering Church, we choose joy. We have fun here. We laugh often, because joy is not based on my circumstances, joy is a choice. We believe generosity is our privilege. Generosity is our privilege. A generous person, Proverbs eleven twenty five says, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I, I believe that whatever we have has been given to us. And it is our privilege to share it with others. C.S. Lewis once said, whatever blessings I have received in this life, I keep in my hands and not in my heart. Because when they are in my hands, they are far easier to give away. We give with open hands. We believe that we should give cheerfully, regularly, and sacrificially. We believe that we should live our lives with open hands, always ready to give and receive. We believe in tithe and offerings motivated by grace, not by guilt. Our church is not built on the generosity of a few, but on the sacrifices and the generosity of many. We're generous here. We're generous with our time. We're generous with our talents, and we are generous with our treasure. God has given richly towards us, and it is our privilege to give back to him. Serving is our calling. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-three, eleven: the greatest among you will be your servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Serving isn't just what we do. Serving is who we are. We were made to glorify God and serve people. You were, you were uniquely gifted to serve him in some way. Nothing will satisfy you quite like serving. We believe that saved people serve people. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. At the Gathering Church, we're contributors, not just consumers. Serving is not an option, serving is our calling. And our city is our responsibility. Here, we believe that our city is our responsibility. Because if we don't take responsibility for our city, who will? As a church, we're committed to being a movement, not a monument. We aren't here to be seen, admired, and talked about. We're here to serve our city and make it a better place than it was when we got here. We're here to step into the forgotten places and to see the people who have felt unseen and to bring hope and light of the light of Jesus into their lives and into their hearts. We believe that our city is our responsibility because we can't just stand by and wait and think somebody else will take care of it. We live like no one else is coming because our city is our responsibility. This is who we are, and it's who we've been since the very beginning. We're a lot better at it than we used to be. I was thinking back on those early days, and goodness gracious, there's some of you guys in here this room that helped us start this church, that were a part of it before we ever had a Sunday service. And I honor and and show gratitude to you today. I can I can see. I, I saw some of your faces this morning. I just think, my goodness gracious, all the things they've been through, the mustaches they've had to endure. The, <laughs> The, 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 the hours, 312 Sundays since we launched this church. I didn't even stop to calculate the hours of setup up and teardown because they are immense. I've seen some of you this morning that were with us in that first year after we started that came and and joined us there. I've seen you guys uh, serve day in and day out, Sunday in and Sunday out, and give to this thing. And, And I'm sure, for those of you that have been here the longest, you can agree that we've only gotten better at what we do as a church. Over time, we have learned from our mistakes. We have grown as leaders. We have learned more and more and more how to be not somebody else, but who we were created and called to be. The gathering is in a better place than it has ever been before. I am so excited for the future because I know where our past was. I know how good it was then and that it's only been getting better as we've gone on. And so, these core values that we're, we're talking about that I just read to you this morning, these are why we exist. These are, are who we are. This is the culture that we want to live in. And our goal is to continue to grow and increase and make that culture better as time goes on. So many wonderful things have happened uh, in the last six years, so many lives changed, addictions broken, marriages restored, people who, who came into this place one way and left another. A third of the life of this church has been through a time of pandemic. Pandemic. And the chaos that's followed. We were out of this facility for over a year. Last year for our fifth anniversary, we met at the YMCA in a gymnasium in a basketball court. And it sounded like a basketball court. You could still hear the shoes squeaking when people walk around. Beep, 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 beep. There was a basketball over our stage for like six weeks because it got stuck in the rafters and nobody could get it down. <laughs> <clears throat> Before that, we were closed for months and months, nothing but online. I was a, never thought I'd be a TV preacher, but there I was, <laughs> showing up on TVs across our city for months, just like everything else. And in the time since that began and ended or continued or wherever the heck we are with it now, in the time since then and even the six years ago that we started, a great deal has changed, changed in our world and in our community, in the culture that we live in, and changed here in this church. A lot has changed. Every person has changed. We've been changed by what we've been through in the last couple years, and we've just been changed by the goings on of life. But here's what I believe. Genuinely, at this church, we're changing for the better. We're a far better church than we were two years ago, or five years ago. We know who we are more. We've been refined through the fires of these past seasons and now we are fixated on where we are going next. Now we know that nothing will stop us, that nothing will stop God from building his church here in this city. The need for our church in this city has only grown. It's grown exponentially in the last couple years as churches have closed and people have disconnected Hopelessness has been at an all time high. Addiction in our city alone is at an all time high. Suicide is at a 20 year high across our country. There has never been a greater need for the church than there is right now. It needs us together to be the church. And so, at the gathering, we're going to continue to meet that need. Now you know where we've been, where we stand. Let me tell you for a minute about where we're going. As we go forward as a church, we're going to devote ourselves more and more to living out the four basic functions of the church. Four basic functions of the church. Number one, worship. The church exists to worship God. The church exists to worship God. It does not exist for you. It exists for him. The church exists to worship God. Psalm 107, 32, let them extol. I love that word. Don't you use that in your daily life. It means praise enthusiastically. Let us extol him. Let us praise him enthusiastically in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Psalm one thirteen three. 3, from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. John 4, 3 and 4 says the hour is coming and it's now here when the true worshipers Will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We want to be those people. We're here to worship, to actively sing His praises and honor Him with everything we've got. Two primary ways that we're going to live that out over the next year. The first is right here on Sunday mornings. More and more, we're going dedicate, to dedicate this place, dedicate ourselves to worship. We're going to continue to make it better, to work on it, to craft it, to hone it. And we need you to join us in worship on Sundays. Worship isn't a passive thing. It's an active thing. And it's about more than singing. It's also about how we serve, who we serve, and how we live. We worship God by serving him with all that he's given us. Peter writes this. The end of all things is near. The most encouraging passage that I'm going to share with you this morning. 1 Peter 4:7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. And above all, love each other deeply because love covers all over a multitude of sins. It is almost like Paul knew, Peter knew that at some point we would disagree with one another and that we needed to love one another more than we disagreed with one another because what does love do? Love covers. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That one's for somebody today. Offer hospitality. You need to memorize that verse. 1 Peter 4, 9. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. When you use your gift to serve God, you are worshiping him actively. You have a gift. You have a gift. You have one, and the church needs it. Maybe you got a musical talent. You can sing or play an instrument. Don't keep it to yourself. Use that talent to honor and glorify God and lead others into his presence. Maybe you need to learn how to operate something on the production team. Learn how to serve some coffee. I bet you already know. Make people feel wanted and welcome on the greeting team. Maybe you have a gift of making people feel seen, noticed, and welcomed. You need to use that gift. Maybe you got a gift in changing diapers. Maybe you're the best dadgum diaper changer that ever lived. Maybe you bragged all your friends, and nobody ever changed a diaper faster than me. It's time for you to use that gift for God's glory. (laughs) Next week, we're going to talk more about some of this. And so consider this a primer. You have a gift. And in order for the church to function, we need you to function as the church. Worship God by serving. But we also believe there is power when we worship God through song. We want to do more and more of that this year. We want to praise him. I think God changes our hearts the most when we worship him when we're singing and pursuing his praises. That's why this year we're gonna continue to host more worship nights as a church. Maybe some praise parties, who knows? We've had two worship nights in the last couple months and they've been powerful. We wanna do more. We wanna do more of them. We wanna see more and more that become an active ministry of our church. So be on the lookout for more information soon about upcoming worship nights and don't miss out on them. I'm telling you right now, spending the evening in an extended time of worship will bless you in ways you didn't know that you needed. Second function of the church is community. See, I just think that you were made with two distinct missing pieces in your heart, two holes that you probably have been trying to fill all of your life before you met Jesus. One was you have a need for relationship with God. You were created with it because you were made by him and for him. And so apart from him, you are incomplete that's one of the pieces that's missing. The other one is that God created you to be in relationship with others. We see it in Genesis chapter two. We see it in the very beginning that you were made to be in relationship with somebody else. It is not good for man to be alone. And until you get in the right kind of community, you're gonna keep searching for the right kind of relationships. One of the functions of the church is to build, help you build, give you the environment to build that kind of community Acts two forty two. It's my favorite passage in Acts. It just describes the church. It says they devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, and they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is what the church looked like in the very beginning. People going through life together. And this is what the church should still look like today. We cannot become just a group of strangers sitting in an auditorium listening to somebody talk. That's not what the church is. The church is a body of people who are interdependent upon one another. You should have friends who are like family in this room. I can't know everybody in here, and I can't be everybody's friend, but everyone in this room can be known here, and every person in this room can have a friend. We want you to have real, life-giving community in this place. We're going to do more to help you build community this year at The Gathering Church. You can't build a relationship without taking the initiative yourself. You're gonna have to say hello to somebody. I can't make you do that. But I am gonna do everything that I can to make it easier for you to do so. Starting with First Wednesday. If you haven't been here uh, since last year when we were doing First Wednesday, we pause it in the cold months because we do it outside. And I don't like to be cold, plain and simple. Ain't no coat in the world that'll make me go out into this place in January. But it's called First Wednesday. It's one of my favorite events. Uh, Here's what we do we hang out at a brewery every first Wednesday of the month. It's very complicated. We just go there, we talk to each other, there's music playing. We have a pavilion at Blue Ghost Brewery, and we've booked it for the entire year. It's booked all year long. All you have to do is show up around 6 and stay until around 8. Meet people and hang out. There's drinks. There's usually a food truck there if you're hungry. It's a great opportunity to meet some of the other people in this room and connect with our staff and our leaders, the first ones in just a couple weeks. We're kicking off First Wednesday, the first Wednesday of March. It's coming up, and I cannot wait for you to enjoy it. This year, we're going to do more events like that because they're easy and they're fun and a great way to get known. Throughout the spring and summer, look for us to have after church picnics. I'm bringing back the potlucks, somebody. Don't tell me we can't do a potluck in a church that has moving lights in it. I don't care. I love a potluck. Somebody better bring the fried chicken. We're bringing church picnics into the equation over there at Lake Julian Park. We're gonna have cookouts. We're gonna have fun. We also have some big events that are coming up that we want to offer for you to. You know what? When we, we 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 started this church, we always would do these big events with bounce houses and giveaways and prizes. And the mindset that I had, I'll be honest with you, at the time was these are going to be a great way for us to bring people into our church. This is it. And what we learned was we would throw these great big parties. Lots of people would come, and none of them would ever come to our church and so we thought well maybe this isn't worth doing and then 2020 came and we couldn't do any of that stuff because if you touched a bounce house you would die (laughs) I might have got the signals mixed up I think that's what they were telling me here's what I learned I learned that those things weren't for the people that we didn't know that were coming they were a great opportunity for the people that we do know to have fun together that you make friends when you're laughing You make friends when you're having fun together. You make friends when you're trying to keep your kids from bouncing off the top of a giant castle and getting horribly injured. That's the kind of stuff that we want to bring back. And so we've got Spring Fest coming up around Easter time, the week before Easter. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be right here outside T.C. Robertson in that lawn out front. We're just going to have a great time. We've got a summer party coming up just a couple months after that. We're going to be doing more things like that to create more fun environments for you to come into and enjoy being a part of this community. The very best way to be a part of our growing community here is life groups, life groups, Life groups are open for you to join right now, but as we move through this year, we're going to be putting some time and energy into making them better and better. We have some new life group coordinators who I would love for you to meet named Josh and Taylor Davis, and they are amazing. They've had some great ideas for our church, yeah. And, uh, and I'll tell you some changes that we're going to be making, see, from the, the, from the beginning, If you've been a part of one of our life groups, our life groups uh, have been what we call free market life groups. Free market. That means we let people lead groups around whenever the heck they want within reason. We've had some pretty wild groups around here, I'm going to be honest. In the fall semester of this year, we're going to change that a little. In order to serve you better and make sure that there is a group for everyone, we're going to be hosting specific groups and filling spots for leaders in those groups, We want to make sure that every semester there are groups that are centered around discipleship. That is learning how to follow Jesus and learning what it means to live like Him. Uh, We're going to have young adults groups, a group for families with kids, Bible book studies, a men's group, a women's group. If you're passionate about any of those areas, let us know and we'll keep you posted. We'll write you down as somebody that's interested in leading one of those areas. We will still allow you to sign up and lead us a group of your choosing if you really want to. But the priority for us is going to be around these staple groups and making sure that everybody has the opportunity to grow and build community in life groups. And this is important to us because of the third basic function of the church, which is spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. It is our role as your church to oversee and assist in your spiritual growth. 1 Peter chapter 4 says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, that's the staff of a church, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. This is an important, important passage. See, we had a mindset for decades as the American church that it was the pastors and the staff members of the church role to do the ministry of the church. They're the ones. I just got to go and show up. They're going to do the ministry for me. What the Bible teaches is that our role is to equip you to do the ministry, to equip you to do the ministry. We are the church. Every single one of us in this room is gifted to do the ministry of the church, but it is our job to make sure you are well-equipped, that you are growing, that you know what to say and when, that you, that you aren't where you were a year ago, that you're moving forward. That's our job, and we wanna do it better. Jesus gave us a commandment at the end of his ministry with us. Matthew 28 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's the exciting part. Go spread the gospel. But then he says, teach them to obey everything that I have commanded. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We aim to spend more time this year focusing on the second part of that verse teaching you, teaching you how to follow his commandments. When we first started our church, it was my desperate goal to reach lost people. It still is. But in pursuit of that, sometimes we've spent a lot of time developing the shallow end of our pool. This year, we're gonna spend more time building the deep end of the pool. We are never gonna make, we are never going to lose sight of making this space accessible for every stage of faith. Every single person should know exactly where they are on their journey and how to move forward. You can belong here no matter where you are in your journey. The shallow end of the pool isn't going anywhere. But we're just expanding our deep end. Because the truth is, some of y'all should have made your way to the deep end a long time ago. You ever seen a 22-year-old man wearing floaties in the shallow end? That's ridiculous. But that's what some of us look like when we're standing, when we're just attending church twice a month, having Christian friends, and it's the full extent of our spiritual growth. Paul is talking to a group of people in the Corinthian church who are squabbling amongst over Amongst one another over minor things, and he says, This I gave you milk and not solid food because you were not yet ready for it. Once in an interview, somebody asked Arnold Schwarzenegger what kind of milk he drank, and his answer was, Milk is for babies. <laughs> I'd rather have a beer. That's a great Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. <laughs> It's time for some of us to graduate to beer. (laughs) It's time to get deeper for some of us. So we've been adjusting our teaching schedule a little bit. We're still going to teach topical series that address the felt needs of our community, but we also want to spend time getting deeper into passages of Scripture and learning more and more about the Bible. We believe you are hungry to know more and more and more about the bigger, deeper parts of the Bible, and we want to teach you that. We're going to be programming life groups next fall that teach you books of the Bible and how to read them, and life groups that are focused around basic discipleship. This year, I'm taking a small group of men, a little pilot experiment, through a year-long discipleship program so that I can bring it to all of you in some form or another. We're going to be launching out a new curriculum intended to take you on a path of discipleship this fall called Practicing the Way. We're gonna have more opportunities for you to serve this year. Because how many of us know that growth isn't just about hearing, it's about doing. You can listen to as many fitness podcasts as you want, but you're not gonna get any fitter until you wake up and get to the gym. So we wanna help you grow by giving you more and more to do this year. Serving is one of the most important things you can do to boost your spiritual growth. Get on the dream team. Greet for us on Sundays. Help set up, help tear down. Join the production team and the kids team and serve in other ways. Join us at the Dream Center to serve the underserved in our city. Go on a missions trip as we serve abroad. We're bringing back Serve Asheville this year. Every single person better be serving Asheville on Serve Asheville Sunday. It's time to get out of the shallow end. And then the fourth primary function of the church, something that we've done from the very beginning that we aren't gonna slow down on, we're not gonna forget about, and we are never gonna give up, and that is to spread the gospel. Last week, I spent all day telling you about God's fixation on lost things. He is fixated on finding lost things. He's obsessed with it. Jesus said this just before he ascended to heaven at the end of his ministry on earth. Mark sixteen fifteen. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That's our marching orders. That's what we're here to do. It's time for us to do it better and better and better and better than ever before. To spread the gospel until every single person in this city has no excuse. Every person has heard it and heard it in a way they can relate to, connect to, can understand. We want this city to be known for how well it worships Jesus and nothing else. And until that goal is accomplished, we're going to get passionate about telling people about Jesus. We're going to tell whoever is going to listen. It's time to invite people to church, like their eternity depends on it. As your pastor, I want to help you run your race well. And at the end of your life, when you look back on what really mattered, I hope you'll feel like you gave it everything that you had to do, what you were called and created to do. I hope that when you look back, you can say, I found my purpose and I made a difference within that purpose. I hope that you can say in the span of my life, I got as many people into heaven as I possibly could. I believe that's what matters most. And as your pastor and as your church, we wanna teach you more and more how to do it. We wanna energize you for it, reward you for it, build you up so that you can go out And spread the gospel to every corner of your influence. Here's how you can get on board today. A couple things you can do. First, get on the team. Get out of the stands and get on the field. Be a part of this thing. Stop watching what we do and be a part of what we do at the gathering church. You got a connect card when you walked in today. I'm telling you about it while you're still sitting down. It's easier to write when you're sitting. And if you didn't get that Connect card, you can go and get one right there on your phone. Pull out your phone. Go to gatherashville.org connect. Is that too much work? No problem. Just text the word connect to 828-826-1414. Can't do that either? No problem. Just think the word Connect. <laughs> Fill out a connect card and let us know that you're ready to get involved. That this is this place where you're ready to Put your plant your flag and say, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing here because I believe in what God is doing here. I've seen the fruit. I know that lives have changed and I know that the vision and the mission of the local church is something that we have to work for, not watch for. And so we're going to get in the game and do it together. And if you're ready to do that today, then let us know. Get on that Connect card and mark that you're Ready to join the dream team and somebody will call you this week. You can get in a group because you need community. Stop trying to go through your life alone. Stop wanting your life to get better but never doing the things you need to do to get it better. You need people who are going to stand beside you and challenge you and push you and be there for you and celebrate with you and help you find freedom and help you grow next to Him. Get in a life group. Today, Fill up those groups after service. You can go on gatherashville.org and you'll see the banner there to join a life group or you can scan a QR code. Oh, right here. Whoa. I was gonna try it. Get on the team, get in a group, give to the vision. Give to the vision. If this is your home, partner with us partner with us. Invest in what God is doing. Sow a seed into the future of your city today. We need you to partner with us in order to do more and more of what God has called us to do. We believe giving is worship, that it's something we do as an act of worship, not under the compulsion, not not because we felt guilty about it. We don't want that. What we want for you is to learn how to worship your Father through giving. Give to the vision And get someone to join you. Every one of these starts with G. That's how you know I'm a preacher. Get someone to join you. Invites, invites, invites. I just believe in advocacy over advertising. That I could put up billboards and send out flyers and do as many marketing things as I want, but the very best way for somebody to be exposed to the gospel is for somebody in their lives somebody who has influence in their lives to invite them into a space where they're gonna have a clear presentation of that gospel. Your friends and family members and coworkers best hope at discovering their purpose, at finding freedom, at knowing God is you. Make no mistake about it. Nobody else is coming. It is up to you. No pressure. Invite people to church. Bring them with you. Wear them down. Make them say yes. If you're here today and you're ready to know God, maybe you've been coming for a while and you just think, I'm, I need to I need to be a part of this and I'm, I'm ready to commit to it. I'm ready to give my life to Him so that I can know Him more, so that I can be in relationship with Him, so that I can find freedom in Him, so that I can know my purpose in Him, so I can finally live my life and purpose. If you're here today and you're ready to enter into that relationship with Him, all you have to do every head bowed and every eye closed is pray this prayer with me. It's the beginning. This isn't the end all, be all. This is the commitment that you make as you take a step into a relationship with a God who deeply wants to know you and be in relationship with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for making it about me. Forgive me for trying to do it on my own for too long. I give you all that I am today. I believe in you. I believe in who you are and what you've done for me. And I just ask God that you would just Use me however you see fit because I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.